morning, church. How are we doing, everybody? Well, it's good to see everyone today. Good morning. Again, uh, so thankful to be able to worship with you today and just have, um, yeah, our uh, gathering today. And uh, we're praying for everyone, obviously, as they go and they're doing their vacation things within the next you know, day and the holidays and stuff. So don't worry, we'll be praying for you for your trips and all that, but we're excited for you guys that are here today because I have the privilege, as always, to come out of the bullpen, as I say, because I'm a baseball guy, and be able to, uh, to jump up here and share my heart with you today. So uh, over the last couple of weeks, we've been uh, in a series called God Bod. So God Bod, and bringing attention and light to the amazing body and creation that God has created in us, right? It's an amazing thing. Pastor Chris, you know, was sharing, obviously, over the last couple of weeks uh, over some specifics, but uh, we're kind of bouncing off and going the direction of the Apostle Paul, and he was just sharing that as Food is for the stomach, and stomach is for the food. God is for our body, and we are for God. In that same way, he made that correlation, made a correlation that there is a need for us to be satisfied, and that's vice versa. And the same with the Lord. He wants to use us, again, for his glory, for, as his creation, for his purposes. And, you know, we've, we've talked about that. Uh, you know, we say, talk about those things often, that he has, again, a plan for us, and he has a purpose for us. And we want us to jump in through it in that perspective and in light of that, and uh, we, we're using a text, and specifically, it's in Romans 12, and that's kind of our springboard verse that I'll share. And uh, over the 11 chapters prior, Paul was just, he was writing to, to the church there in Rome, and he's just telling them about Jesus and his sacrifice, telling them about the goodness of, of Jesus and everything that he's done for us, just kind of writing down and pouring down his heart to what that is, who he is, what he did for us. And then he writes this in chapter 12, starting in verse 1. And it says, Therefore, I urge you, brethren, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living and holy sacrifice, acceptable to God, which is your spiritual service of worship. Again, if you've been in church, you know this verse. It's a very, very popular, popular verse. And it's mind-boggling, though, especially for the people of this time. Think, think about it in the perspective of his audience. These are people that to find redemption, to find forgiveness, to find uh, a connection with God, they had to bring in uh, first fruits, right? Sheep and different animals. And they had, that's what they needed to do. They needed to come and, and then present these sacrifices to God in order to be able to have this, this, um, this thought of forgiveness. And, and again, they weren't even able to walk into this place to be able to have a connection with God, a connect, you know, they were, not able to. In fact, there are stories throughout the Old Testament of people that if they got too close to the ark, too close to the presence, they'd be stricken down. So imagine someone that grew up that way, thinking about these things, and then Paul's writing, listen, listen, listen. He's not looking for sheep. He's not looking for burnt offerings. He's not looking for sacrifices. He's looking for you to be a living and holy sacrifice, acceptable to God. He wants our work, and again, that that's our spiritual service of worship, meaning that he wants us to present ourselves a holy being to worship to him, a body, a being, a soul that runs after him, that, that is pouring their life out to him, that is sacrificing for him in that way, the things that we want, our own desires. This is what he's looking for. And then in verse two, he explains to us, how is it that we do that? How is it that we do that? He says, and do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may prove what is the will of God is that which is good and acceptable and perfect. Right off the bat, he tells you this is how it is. It's by not conforming to what's happening around you, by not just being led by the things that are around you that you see, that you hear by this culture. Don't, don't 
do that. This is the way that you, without confirmation, is how then you are be able to, to be that, that sacrifice, to be that living and holy sacrifice for the Lord. And again, I, for us, it's a different story. We have so many distractions and there's so many things around us, so many things that draw us to that. And it's so interesting that Paul is writing this to this people. But man, I feel such a tension that he's writing this for me today. I don't know if you guys feel that or not, but he's writing it for me to be cautious of these distractions, to be cautious of the things that are around you so that we can be that holy uh, body that he's calling us to be. So over the last couple of weeks, then last week, Pastor Chris specifically talked about the eyes. He gave so many specific stats and just talked about how amazing the eye is itself, you know, how it's just a, an amazing creation, what, you, what the eye does and how you filter through things. But one thing that I wanted to highlight was something that Jesus wrote about the eye, which is so impactful, and it's that the eye is the lamp of the body. So if the eye is clear, meaning if it's what's passing through the eye is good, it's clear, it's you're taking caution and heat of what you're allowing to go through the eye. If it's clear, then your body will be full of light. But if the eye is bad, Jesus is saying bad itself, if you're what's coming through the eye, what you're letting through your ears, your eyes, what's coming through the body, if that's bad, then it's dark and that's going to shed in. That's a, that's a very strong st- statement, and that's Jesus. That's who he was, right? Jesus was that. He just gave statements that were bold, and he spoke truth. And how true is this for us now, church? I mean, how true is this for me, that I need to take heed of what I let through, what I'm seeing, what I'm hearing, what I'm letting through the body? Because what we see, it's either going to impact us inside as light or as darkness. So, for me, which I'm pretty excited about today, I get to talk about the heart and what this does for us and what it is. Oh my goodness, I can't even tell you the research that I did and the time that I spent. I have one picture. I found like a million pictures because you can see the inside of the heart. You can see the outside of the heart. You can see the different sides, the different chambers. I tell you, in order to be able to get, I mean, any doctors in the room? Gosh, nurses, I mean, you guys know, the heart is such an amazing, an amazing thing, what it does. And I'm sorry, like, I started reading, and I was like, I was getting a headache. I was like, I thank the Lord that I'm not a doctor. Is anybody else thankful too? I, I can't deal with this. I can't deal with these things. And so, for me, honestly, what made uh, it just kind of interesting to me were some of the stats of the heart. So, and some of these you might know, but I think they're very, very interesting. So the first one is, is that the average heart is the size of the adult fist. So if you look at your fist, close your fist really quick. If you look at it, that's probably the size of your heart. In other words, don't use your fist to punch because it's your heart. Like, think that. That's, my dad told me that's a, I know, bad joke. No one laughed. It's okay. So it's about that size. Interesting, right? It's pretty cool. Pretty cool. You can't see the heart, but you can kind of see kind of maybe what the size of it is. The next one is that your heart will beat about 115,000 times each day. Gosh, think about God creating us, right? Taking from, from the dirt and just creating us and molding us and then having this ability to say, oh, I'm going to create this heart, such a unique thing, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to mold it. I'm going to kind of make it the size of their fist so that they know that what it looks like even though they can't see it. And then I'm going to make it pump 115,000 times so that the body can imagine a God. I mean, goodness, what an amazing, I, I'm just, I'm mind blown truly by that. All right, so then each day, so then next is that um, your heart pumps about 2,000 gallons of blood each day. 2,000 gallons. I was trying to figure out, like, what's the equivalent for me so that I could understand it in my mind and I, I couldn't find it. It was like a pool has so many gallons. The ocean has so I, I couldn't understand it. But 2,000 gallons of blood every day, just in a day. What an amazing, an amazing thing. 
Next, the heart is an electrical system. There's an electrical system controls the rhythm of your heart. It's called the cardiac conduction system. So when people say that, you know, sometimes when someone is going into cardiac arrest and then they have to use, you know, that's the reason for that is because it is an electrical system that's governing your heart. It's almost like uh, there's a correlation there, which is so interesting that within us, it's like an, an electricist, an electric system. It's, I mean, so interesting, so amazing. Next, this was interesting. This was interesting to me, and I'll tell you why. The human heart weighs less than a pound. However, a man's heart, on average, is two ounces heavier than a woman's heart. The reason why this is interesting to me is because there's always a debate between my spouse and I who loves each other more. I win because my heart is bigger. Threw that in there. Our heart is bigger, right? Did I win that argument? Praise the Lord. <laughs> but that's really interesting too. You know, like obviously weight and sizes, and we know that. Oh, the bigger you are, you know, probably the bigger your heart is. Probably got a huge heart because I'm so big. All right, no problem. Uh, and then obviously the next one too is that, and this was interesting too to me. <laughs> a woman's heart beat slightly, is, beats slightly faster than a man's heart. So I'm thinking to myself, like some afternoons, I'm trying to just kick it and just like be relaxed and like let the day go by. And Erica's like, all right, here's your honey-do list. Like, let's get going, let's get going, let's get going, let's get going. That's because that, be- that heart is beating faster. So I get it. I get it now. So now it's, yeah, I'm not holding it against you at all. This was my favorite because I'm just, I'm such a, I just try and laugh out everything. And it says, laughing is good for your heart. It reduces stress and gives a boost to your immune system. Isn't that interesting? Listen, my jokes are going to be bad today, so I might not even go. So, like, if you can't find comedic relief here, just do it afterwards because it's good for your heart. In fact, your immune system might be positively affected as well. So, please do so. So, again, isn't the heart amazing, right? I mean, gosh, I just, you can study it. You can read so many different things. But it's not just what happens inside of us. The heart is like a popular thing in our world. I mean, we have so many things and like technology. I'm going to obviously give some examples, but even more so there's sayings. Like even for me, someone that doesn't know how the heart operates and isn't a doctor, like I still throw out the heart out there. Like I know what I'm talking about. You guys have probably heard this. This is a, this is a, a saying, right? A contrast. Some people say you have a big heart, meaning that you love strongly, like you love and you care for people and you, you're willing to give it all or like I don't know, hopefully people aren't saying this about you, but you have a heart of stone that you don't love and nothing can break you and you don't, you don't cry at movies. I cry at every movie. So like, that's definitely not me. Like, again, these are things that we say. We just openly say it's part of our lingo, part of our terminology and what we do. The next one is a popular one, I say, because I see it all the time in social media. I have a full heart. You know, I, I just, I, my heart is full. I was like, oh, okay. Like, I see it on social media often. But it's referring to just being content, being happy, having joy, happiness with the situation or a circumstance. But then also people say, you know, when there's maybe in some cases something traumatic that happens or something in your family, they say, oh, a heavy heart. With a heavy heart, we say this or announce this, Right. People just, you know, we speak about the heart and define things and just use words in this way as if we know, right? Or, you know, this, this is something that I've even, I've even seen in the word. And I hear people say it as well when they're trying to encourage. The next one is, it says, take heart, you know, take heart, have faith, be empowered, you know, do, you know, everything's going to be okay. Take heart. Or people will say as well, you know, they lose heart or they're, you know, they're just discouraged or they don't have hope. Again, I, I say all these things because, and I give all these examples because, we use the word heart so much. And, and in my opinion, myself, mainly, I give the heart so much hype. I hype it up. 
In fact, I've been guilty of saying, listen, I'm following my heart. I know what I need to do. I don't know what I need to say. I know when I need to say it. Like, my heart is golden. My heart is this. My heart is that. This is me just as a normal person, as an individual. I give so much credence to my heart. I pump it up so much, no pun intended. I, uh, I, I give it so, I hype it up. I do. I say, you know what? My heart is what's leading me. My heart is, it's, you know, what's giving me all my answers. And the most powerful thing to me, and this is why I love the word friends, and this is why I encourage you, listen, listen, there's technology out there, there's different ways. Listen, digging deep into the word is just, there's so much perspective, there's so much growth, there's so much for you to see and so much to learn through it. The best perspectives that I've been able to receive in this time for my life have been what I've read through the word. So I want us to gain some perspective today. That's gonna be my goal is that this heart that we overhype, that I overhype a lot of times, right? I'm a sports fan. I'm passionate about things. You, I mean, if you know me, you'll know. I like, I'm hard on my sleeve. That's another thing that we say, right? I want us to gain a different perspective of this heart. And hopefully it would allow us to think differently as we move forward, as we're thinking through being his holy, right? This body, presenting our body to him as a holy sacrifice, being ones that carry him wherever we go, understanding the value of his sacrifice and what he has called us to do now. I hope that we can gain that perspective towards the end. So I'm going to start first with some examples that, gosh, right off the bat, I mean, you guys are going to be uh, awestruck because I know I was. So Jeremiah, Jeremiah is an amazing book, Old Testament. He, um, you know, is writing a lot of prophecies and things that have come um, that he's received from God. And, you know, in the, as you read the chapters, you'll hear from it. You'll see, thus saith the Lord, you know, you'll see that he's receiving words from God. And in this situation, he's talking about specifically a man that trusts in the Lord versus a man who trusts in the flesh. Pastor Chris last week talked about sin. I know that it's, you know, in church culture this day, you know, you hear the word sin and automatically you put your head down or you kind of get nervous of what's going to come out next. Church, aren't we thankful that Jesus Christ covered that with a, a sacrifice of his life? Aren't we thankful that he gave his life for us so that we had no condemnation, that we have grace? that we're empowered through this sacrifice to be able to live a life knowing that he's covered us and that we have a place. I mean, this is good news for me, and that's why it's called the good news. But I cannot stress enough with the people that I speak to, youth, whoever the case might be, that sin, not only is it real for us now, but it's something that it just, it's a life destroyer. It's a life destroyer. I mean, when you are not able to, which again, all of us aren't, if we're not able to control or try and figure out ways to remove ourselves from situations that are causing us in our life, it just, it's going to cause an effect that will continue on. Again, that's not, it's not going to displace God's grace. It's not going to displace God's sacrifice, but it's going to make a difference in your day-to-day. I cannot stress that out more. So then he says this. He says this. Uh, it's already up there. Wonderful. You probably already read it. The heart is more deceitful than all else and is desperately sick, who can understand it? The heart is more deceitful than anything else and is desperately sick. I've never heard anyone say that before, desperately sick. That made me nervous. As a person that's pumping up, you know, hyping up my heart, I'm following my heart heart on my sleeve, that makes me nervous. Does it make you nervous? Because I'm like, you know, open to and tune into my feelings and trying to like figure out the things on my heart so that I can kind of figure out what to do. That kind of causes some strife in me. It really does. Because when you think about it, um, I just think about being deceived. There's moments in my life that I've had, you know, people or things happen and situations, you know, I, we talk, I talk about this often when people give examples, you know, something that you often share. 
But to think that there's nothing more deceitful than your own heart, again, this is someone to, a word that's coming from the Lord, that's very striking to me. It really makes me think, oh boy, what am I, what am I receiving? What am I you know, getting in my mind when my heart tells me to feel something or if I'm in a specific situation and I'm feeling a certain thing, is this right or is this not? Is this God, is this not? I mean, goodness, it's conflict within my own mind. I don't know if you guys have felt that, but then again, the thought of desperately sick, incurable, desperately wicked, woeful, very sick. These are, this is strong language for the heart. And then lastly, who understands it? Who understands it? I mean, this is, this is very, very strong. And I don't know about you guys, but it definitely makes me fearful. And essentially what it tells me is that our hearts are a mystery. Our hearts are truly a mystery. Yeah, we can see the outside. Yeah, we know that it pumps 115,000 you know, times a day. Yeah, we know that it pumps 2,000 gallons of blood. But what's in there? It's a mystery. And we got that alarm through Jeremiah. I mean, just a crazy thing. So next perspective. I, another person that I truly like love reading about and I share often. And in fact, I shared something with my buddy Chris this morning. Anytime that I need some perspective or something, I go to who the Bible claims to be the wisest man that ever lived in his time. This is Solomon. He is a man that, you know, we, we use him often because he had so many riches and was living such a great life that he was literally sitting back in a recliner and just enjoying life. He was seeing how people, what people were doing. He was, you know, traveling, exploring. And he's such a wise man that he took that opportunity to see what people are going through. He took that opportunity to write about things that could be helpful to us now, which are huge and helpful to me. And he has an amazing perspective on the heart, and I obviously want to share it. So Proverbs 4, verse 23, and it says this, Watch for your heart with all diligence, for from it flows the springs of life. In other words, or other versions may say, guard your heart, for all you do flows from it. Clearly, what we're saying that your actions reflect what's in your heart. What you do, what you say, how you act, what you don't say, why you decide to lie or not or tell the truth, why you decide to cheat or not, why you decide or people decide to steal or not, why you decide to go a certain place or not, or why you decide to disclose something or not. These are things that come directly from the heart. This is what Solomon is saying, and he's giving us heed that every action that you take, everything that you say, everything that you're going to do, what you're premeditating to do, it all comes from your heart. Your actions reflect your heart. Powerful stuff for me. So at this point, at least for me and my preparation, I'm already getting nervous. I'm reading this about my heart. and I'm like, oh my gosh, like I thought I had my heart. My heart was good. I don't even know. So then obviously what I, my mindset to do is to go to Jesus because praise the Lord that he also gave us wisdom and instruction and guidance. And honestly, what we're going to read is in the same lines. I mean, it's in the same lines of what, uh, what we've you know, read already. So just to give us some context, uh, in Matthew chapter 15, which is where we're going to be, we're going to pick up uh, where Jesus said there, he's kind of in strife with the Pharisees. This is something that was typical for him in his ministry. They were getting after him, and he was not happy because everything that they were proclaiming to him or discussing with him or arguing to him about was a man-made law. In this case, it was. 
They're upset with him because he sat down with the uh, uh, disciples and they ate after they were doing something and they didn't wash their hands. And, he, and they were like, why don't you wash? Law! Like, <laughs> I'm sorry, my brain is like, that's how I just vision things. And I vision the Pharisees, law, wash your hands. You know, they're just all upset and a tizzy because of that. But Jesus, again, he has this amazing ability to translate something into something that's impactful. So it was out of the blue. It was out of, so what's funny and what the funniest things to me, and this is why you have to read the word, because not only does it give you perspective, but it's also comedic relief in some cases because of how Jesus takes this. So, and, and we'll pick it up in verse 15 in chapter 11 and chapter 15 in Matthew. Peter and the disciples, as always, even though they've been with them through 15 chapters of Matthew, they still don't get stuff. They're like mind boggled the same way probably I would be too. They don't get it. They don't understand it. So I'm assuming the disciples are in a circle. I was like, do you get what he's saying? No, do you get, call Peter. Peter's the closest one. Peter, go ask him what he said and go ask him. We don't get it. So Peter just blatantly goes up and in verse 15, he says, Peter, Peter to him talking to Jesus, explain this parable to us. And Jesus, this is where it's funny. Jesus in verse 16 says, are you still lacking in understanding also? Like, seriously, guys, are you still like, you've been with me. And this is why, again, I'm going all over the place right now, because this is why the Bible is true. Why would Matthew, the person that wrote this book, not write himself in as a hero, as someone that understood everything, that was the best, the best man ever? He wrote himself in as a dummy. Like, he wrote everybody in as, like, they didn't get it. They don't understand it. Like, that doesn't happen. They, they, don't, they, don't, they wouldn't do that. He says, and Jesus tells them, are you seriously lacking? Like, don't you know, in verse 17, don't you understand that everything that goes in your mouth passes out of the stomach and is eliminated? Do you know what he's saying here? <laughs> if you go light on the olive oil and the pita bread, you'll pass it. If you put too much on it, you need to be careful. Like he's literally joking with them in this verse. He's going, because again, the Pharisees are arguing with him like, oh, we didn't wash our hands. They're mad. Explain to us this thing. He's saying this doesn't matter at all. It does not matter what we put into our mouth because it's going to go. It's going to go where it should go. And in verse 18, but then he says this, again, how he just can bring everything together and just glue it in all together. He says this, but the things that proceed out of the mouth come from the heart and those defile a man. How powerful is that? The things that are stirred up inside that come out of the mouth are the ones that tear the man apart. They, they, they destroy the temple, right? The temple that he has given us to carry the spirit. Those are the ones, the things that come out, that's what defiles it. And it comes from in here. It comes strictly from the heart. And it's, it's an amazing thing. But when you open your mouth, you need to realize that your heart is exposed. And again, I, it's a hard thing to think. It's a hard thing to know. It's that when, the, when your heart is full of something, it's just going to explode. And sometimes, depending on what the heart has inside of it, man, what comes out can defile, right? Am I right? What comes out can be, you know, and defile is such a strong word. It means to spoil, to pollute, to poison, to corrupt. These are the things, what comes from man's mouth. Doesn't matter what you eat physically. It doesn't matter that you washed your, didn't wash your hands to eat. That doesn't matter. What matters is what comes from the mouth, which comes directly from the heart. That's a powerful, powerful thing. And verse 19, even stronger than he goes to say, for out of the heart, Come evil thoughts, murderers, adulteries, fornications, thefts, false witnesses, and slanders. All from the heart. So remember when Jeremiah said, desperately sick. This is what he was talking about. 
This is what God was sharing with us, that from that heart, all those negative things that stir in there, that's where they come from. So in this day and age, you know, how many know Netflix, Hulu, right? Are we all familiar with these? We all these streaming services. It's interesting to me over the last couple months how Netflix has just popped out with all of these documentaries about these mass murderers. I don't want to go too deep into that. I don't want to kind of, but it's very interesting. If you do a search, there's all these stories about these men that defiled, that they committed a certain, a ton amount of crimes that they either, even as a, at a young age. And honestly, again, I, perspective is important. So I've floated myself into seeing and understanding what it is. I mean, what are they going to talk about? Is he just going to talk about details of the crime? No, 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 no. They sit these people down and they start talking about the whys. Why is it that, you know, what was going through your mind? What were you doing? What were you, what was going on? I cannot lie to you. The ones that I browsed through, most of them said, you know, it all started when this happened to me. It all started when this situation happened. It all started when this circumstance happened. And in my eyes, it's like, oh my goodness, something happened in their heart. Their heart was struck by something. Their inner being was struck and was defiled by something. And after years maybe of harboring and after years of something, then what came out of it was, was that. That scared me. Am I the, I'm, I, that made me fearful. I, again, I consider myself to be someone that, I don't know, I try and love people. I, I, I don't know. I, I just, that scared me is the best way that I can put it. That the heart, when something brews within, and it's something that happened to you. And it's something that, you know, again, it could be anything. It could be a situation with family. It could be something that just really stirred you in that way. If the things that harbor in that heart, I mean, they could be detrimental. Could be detrimental. So I, I kind of want us to, because I'm going to bring it home now, people. I'm going to bring it home. Luke summarizes this beautifully. And I love it. Luke was, you know, if you know Luke as a disciple, he was um, uh, just a doctor, wise man. He's known as a physician. They write him in as a physician. So he was a wise man. He understood how to write. He was educated, was able to present things in a great way. So I love his perspective. Those verses in Matthew, he summed them up into one. And it says this, it's Luke 6, verse 45. The good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth what is good. And the evil man out of the evil treasure brings forth what is evil. For his mouth speaks from that which fills his heart. This is amazing, in my opinion. Because he's saying that it's either two ways. We're not, there's no gray area here. There's no gray. You're either going to store good or you're going to store bad in your heart. Just like Jesus said last week with the eye, it's either going to, what you see, what you hear, it's either going to be light to your body or it's going to be dark. The Bible doesn't talk about grays. The Bible doesn't say that, you know, there's somewhere in between that if you're sitting there, you'll be fine. No, no, no. It's one or the other here, friends. And that's why, again, when we're talking about sin and the flesh and we mention these words, it's because everything that's not good, that's not light, you're feeding that that's within you. But everything that is light and is good, that's how you combat it. So it's going to be either, either one or the other. It's going to be one or the other. So at this point in my mind, then, you know, I'm trying to think, well, 
what, what, what are some ways that I can, you know, change this? What are some ways that I can kind of work on this? And I just, I can't go back without moving forward and speaking about even James as well, the half-brother of Jesus. You know, I, I'm not going to put any resources up there because this could be a whole message within itself. But when you allow the heart, when you allow that heart to harbor and it's darkness that reigns, right? And it's what's not those good treasures that reign in your heart. Well, then you're going to get what James is talking about in James chapter three, the half-brother of Jesus imploring people, the tongue is fire. A small spark can light up an entire forest. He says things like, you know, a big ship, a massive ship, it's controlled by a small rudder. Again, he's talking about the power that's in that tongue. So in Jesus's perspective, and what I want us to see in light, why this is so important is because Jesus's priority for us, Jesus's priority for us is to love people in the way that he loved us. So if we're not right here, then how can what comes out of our mouth be what he wants? It starts here. It starts with what's within. When you're in a position or in a situation where you're, again, angry or upset, or, and then that's what comes out of it. It starts from in here. And it, start, it starts from the heart. So I suffer from tunnel vision. I am someone that like has a hard time paying attention and keeping you know, tabs on things. So this is just for my edification, not for yourself. But I'm someone that likes to use illustrations commonly because this helps me understand things. Pretty cool, huh? What do you guys think? It wasn't me, so... So this is how I, in my mind, when I'm processing this and I'm thinking through, Lord, like, okay, this heart, it has so much weight. It's an amazing thing. It's a beautiful creation that you made. Goodness, and there's a possibility or a potential for this heart to be wicked, to be defiled, to, and I'm like, oh my gosh, I follow my heart. I, you know, I think that like, sometimes I've said that myself, I'm guilty of it too. How can I then, Lord, put myself in a position to best utilize it? How can I then be cautious of it? How can I guard it? Why? Because this is what happens. And this is what we oftentimes don't see. This is what we don't take light of. We're at work. We walk in, it's Monday. No one loves Mondays. If you love Monday and you say you love Monday, you have to change my mind because I don't believe it. And the first thing you do is you walk into the office and your boss has a you know, pile of papers on your desk. And he's telling you, all right, I need this done before noon. And he puts all the pressure on you. Well, what happens typically? It's anger, right? Anger, which is pink. Anger fills you up and you just start getting upset and you're just like, ah, I'm done with this. And your coworkers are watching you get upset and like, oh my gosh, like I, this boss, I H-A-T-E, I won't say it. My boss, he's the worst. Like I can't wait till they go off for vacation because I'm going to, I don't know, turn their office upside down. I don't know what people do. This is what happens, and we don't see it. And look, it's a small piece, right? It's a small piece of the heart where, you know, we just go about our business and we're angry, but then we just let it go. But that's harboring in there. That's harboring in there. You get home that same day. You get home, you're planning on, like, going to the lake because the weather's good, and, like, you get home and, like, you realize that, I don't know, the basement flooded. Oh, my gosh. Oh, you're just like, you're just, oh, I hate having a house. Oh, no, I said A-H-A-T. I shouldn't have said it. Um, you're just like letting yourself be filled of these things. And just, again, these are little things, right? They all start small. What did James say? A spark 
lights up an entire forest. It's a small spark. Someone trying to start a fire, right? Small thing, a small thing. Well, you deal with that. You call the insurance, whatever, you do that. Well, then your wife comes home or your husband comes home, rolls over first, and you were supposed to, whoever gets home first does dinner. That's like uh, the rule of thumb, right? For some, maybe not. And dinner's not ready. Oh, I had a terrible day and like dinner's not ready or whatever. And oh, arguments between the spouse and oh, you know. So this is the deal. Every action, everything, you know, it just, it's continuing to fill it up. You know what? Then you need an outlet. So for me, that's the restroom. So I go in the, <laughs> just, I disappear. Where's Juan? You know where he is. I start scrolling on Facebook, right? That's what you do nowadays. That's what we do. That's what we're exposed to. Facebook, Instagram, the social media hype. Well, what I'm seeing there isn't great either. Everyone's happy. I just had to deal with my boss. I had to deal with my basement flooding. I had to deal with all this stuff. I'm upset now. People are out in a boat. That's where I wanted to be. People are traveling. People are doing stuff. Envy, jealousy. Ah. You're just filling up that heart one step at a time. And guess what? Gets up to here. Let's say this is like having to give all the kids baths and do laundry and then like having to clean up after the aftermath of everything. Once your heart is full, believe me, it's going to explode. Haven't you had those situations or circumstances or is it just me where I like say something and I'm like, man, where did that come from? Like on a serious note, where did, why did I say that? Like, ah. Oh. Why did I do that? What, that's not me. I've said that before to myself. That's not me. Why did I? I have a story that I wasn't even going to share, but this is a perfect example of it. Had a long day here at the office, taking care of stuff, doing projects and things like that, and just working, you know, and doing my normal thing. Things obviously don't always go the way that you want them to. So I myself am letting this happen. Erica shoots me a text and says, there's a guy here, a lawn care person, and they're talking about owing money and all this stuff. Listen, I have never gone to my car as fast as I did. Ran to my car, sped there. It's only, it was only like five minutes away. And I'll be honest with you, I just like let that guy have it. And that wasn't great. Because that guy left and there was a misunderstanding, a confusion of the situation. And I just like, if I, I almost came to tears. I mean, I just have to, I can't lie. That was one unnecessary to a terrible witness, and three, a reflection of what that does. A reflection of letting your heart just be filled up with things, small, big, whatever the case may be. Again, these are small things, but big things, how my father treated me, what my teacher said about me, what my coaches said that I could do or not. Do or not. Listen, any, every single thing that's passing through, if it's good, it's light, it's clear, it'll be good, but if it's not, it's just going to have this effect on it. Bitterness, unforgiveness, past hurts, what my parents said about me. I mean, I can go on and on about the things that fill this up. So this is the question. I started off with this question as I was preparing, as I was sitting down and, and you know, I was chatting with Pastor Chris and he said, this is, this is what you're going to do. I said, okay, well, this is the question that we need to ask ourselves, friends, because as much as we're going to go out and like, we'll do our thing and we'll keep talking about the heart and we'll use a thousand heart emojis when you love a puppy, like, that's fine. That's all good. I'm there too. There's a trueness of this thing that is your heart, that if we do not be cautious of it, 
that could determine our entire life trajectory. The question, how is it that we guard it? What do we do? What do we do? How can we guard? How can we protect? How can we safe harbor this beautiful creation that God gave us? And that's where I want to go. I want us to realize that our heart is a treasure. The reason that I say this is because if Jesus is saying that whatever comes out of your mouth comes from the heart, and his priority is that we love people the way that he loved us, then it's a treasure to him. Because how is his work going to progress? How is his love going to continue? How is his message going to continue to go? It's through us. And if it comes from here, oh my goodness. In my mind, yeah, I can prepare. I can sit down. I can exegete text. But if I'm not right here, then the work that he's called, simple, but very demanding, as we've said in the past. If it's not treasured, what's going to come out is not that Jesus loves you. What's going to come out is not that he has grace for you. What's going to come out is, I love you no matter what, no matter your gender, no matter your beliefs, no matter where you are in life, I'm going to love you no matter what. That's not going to come out if this isn't treasured and isn't right. You follow me, church? I think about one of the things that I treasure the most. I've talked about this commonly. I have a black bin in my home of all of my belongings. Everything else is my wife's. And it's, (laughs) and what it is, it's my dad's first Bible, the Bible that he was saved with. And gosh, in there, he just, when he first got saved, he would write down like how he wanted us to be, like our family, what he envisioned for us. Like there's so many little notes of things in there. I treasure that. I treasure it a lot. Enough that it's in the black bin. No one will see it. No one will touch it. No one will ruin it because it's in a safe spot that I know where it is. I know what, what lights hit it. I know what, uh, you know where it is exactly. I know what I'm exposing it to. This is my treasure. Something that I'll have for the rest of my life and then probably pass on to my boy. Like these are things that when I want you to think about treasuring something, it's something that you protect, right? It's something that you defend. It's something that is more valuable than anything. You know what a treasure is. It's all over. You know, we treasure things sometimes. We treasure, you know, specific. Again, I'm, I'm telling you this from my own self. There's something that I treasure. Well, if we treasure our heart in that way, man, I cannot imagine then what we're going to do. I'll tell you what you will do. This is what will happen, and this is where this comes full circle. Everything that comes in through here and everything that comes in through here, that's not something that's going to edify it. It's cut. It's gone. News outlets, politics, yappy, you know, podcast, listen. Everything that comes here that's going to affect this, gone. I don't care about it. I don't want to know about it. My phone, oh, internet, oh gosh. If I am not in a position or in a place where those things that I can, with maturity, use technology or use things because it's going to cause something to my heart and it's going to darken what's in there, the place where everything good that God wants, to, that Jesus wants to do will come out of, uh-uh. I've, a couple times in my life now, I'm like, I need to go back to a flip phone. I need to just throw this junk out because everything, everything that you see in it, Whatever you see, whatever comes through the years, what you hear is molded by it. 
Pastor Chris talked about the eye last week. And he said something interesting. It's like an interesting, uh, say that the eyes are still like the mirror to what's inside. I mean, believe me, I'm going to have goggles on. I don't care to see what's going on. I don't care to see what's happening around me. I could care less about that because I want to protect it above all else because from here, everything good comes out. What Jesus wants to do for your neighbor, what Jesus wants to do for the person that you're working with, what Jesus wants to do to your family that don't, that, that don't know him, it's coming from in here. How would we be able to if we're not treasuring it with everything that we have? So, I was missing one element here, and it was a shield, but that's okay. Should ask my mother-in-law. She probably had one. I'm going to be the shield. When we put ourselves in a position that we start our day saying, listen, my heart is a treasure. My heart is a treasure. God is going to use this heart. He's going to use the things that are within me to impact people in a good way. Well, you say, okay, well, nothing's going to impact my heart. You start off your day, "Uh uh-uh, nothing's going to impact my heart. No matter the circumstance, no matter what happens, everything that's going to cause me anger, everything that's going to cause me bitterness, everything that's going to cause me to cheat, to lie, to steal, to want to do things that aren't right according to what we know about our Savior, I'm going to block them off. So day two, I go back to work. My boss is there again, even though I prayed last night that they wouldn't be. That's the case, friends. You know this? Yep. Oftentimes when you pray for something like that, it might not happen, you know, so just keep that in mind. My boss is there, same thing. In fact, in this case, he just reams you, me, tells you that you did terribly, that what he had you do before, you didn't do it right. You're like, okay, okay, take it in. There's no reason for me to be angry, right? There's no reason for me to, again, I'm blocking my heart. Okay, I'm just taking it in. Love like Christ. You'll find your own way. For me, it's love like Christ, love like Christ, love like Christ, love like Christ. That's me. When those things start happening, and the enemy's going to come around trying to like, you know, walk through like, okay, this is it. I'm going to trigger anger right now. Three, two, one, go. Oh, okay. Well, that's not working. Listen, your heart is covered. What's coming through here, what's coming through here, you're protecting. Your heart's a treasure. What people are telling you about yourself and what you're doing, that's not impacting you because you know your identity in Christ. You know what your goal and your mission is. Anger has no way. Okay, well, all right. Well, maybe what's next? Let's try something else. Listen, life is difficult. I don't know if you knew this. I don't know if you know that the circumstances of this life that we live and endure are difficult at times. We have health issues. We lose jobs. Finances, I mean, even the entire country are gonna collapse of things. I mean, these are things that happen. But you say, you know what? My faith is in Christ. I believe in God. He's gonna sustain me. He's gonna give me the things that I need. I'm found in him. It's not just by bread that I live. I live by everything that comes out of his mouth. He is God. He's God Almighty. He has me. He's going to control me. When those life circumstances come and the enemy is going to try and like, oh, let's worry, anxiety, fear. Those markers aren't going to work. He's going to try. He's going to, I don't know, go to Walmart to try and buy some different ones. And it's not going to work. It doesn't matter which one he picks. Why? Because this is the secret. These things, anger, bitterness, doubt, anxiety, whatever the case may be, they're the opposite of these fruits that we were promised. Instead of having fear, instead of having anxiety, I'm gonna have joy, right? Instead of having uh, uh, anger, instead of having resentment, I'm gonna have love, kindness. These are, when, when this starts happening, you've activated those fruits that we know so well of, that we've learned since we were, for those that are in church, have learned since we were so young. Relationships, right? When things people betray you, deceit you, 
you know what? I'm going to love him. I'm going to love him because that's what God called. He's going to try all day. And you stand your guard in front of that heart. And you say, I'm not going to let anything come in through these eyes. I'm not going to let anything come in through these ears that are going to corrupt and defile this beautiful treasure that God wants to use as a parent, as a spouse. Listen, parents, parents, no matter your age of your kids or where you're at, listen, you have a beautiful opportunity to help mold that heart too. I look at my kids, obviously they're young right now, and every word that comes out of my mouth, oh, I have to weigh it. I have to weigh it. Because everything that I say can impact direction, can impact growth, can impact themselves, their life. Friends, anyone that has a friend, anyone that has a brother, that has a sister, you have such an amazing ability to encourage, to love, right? Gosh, it's hard when someone comes after us or when people just, again, are feeding us stuff and telling us stuff that want to corrupt. It's hard. This isn't, this isn't easy. It's less complicated, but it's more demanding. And that's what loving like Christ is. It's going to demand a little bit more of you. It's going to demand preparation. It's going to demand waking up in the morning and receiving one, his mercies, and two, saying, all right, this is a day for Jesus today. I'm walking out of these doors ready, ready to love like him ready to take in and take on whatever I need to, but letting then my heart reflect him. As I think of this, I just, I think of just God and Jesus in heaven, just knowing the potential that we have, knowing what's within you, knowing the gift of the Holy Spirit that harbors in there, knowing what he could do, the encouragement, knowing the, 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 the actions that you can do to bring his kingdom uh, to, a greater, to a greater extent with the people around you. Again, we can't, I can't stress this enough myself. Wherever you go, that's your ministry. That's your mission, your workplace, your family, everywhere that you go. These are people that God put around you so that you could be a part of the kingdom growth. These people, there are people that you know that I'll never see. There are people that you know that will never walk into these doors. I'll never have an opportunity to shake their hand and tell them that Jesus loves them. I'll never have that chance. But you have that chance every day, every other day, every month, every week, these people that you see. It's so hard sometimes, right, to get out of our shell and to like just be this Jesus preacher or whatever. It starts here. Why? Because everything that comes out of your mouth, it comes from here. If this is right, if this is protected, this is clean. Again, we're not perfect. But if we're protecting this and we're making a genuine effort to say, God, I'm treasuring my heart today. Anything that's going to turn this, spoil this, rot this, uh uh-uh. Some people say, not today, Satan. You've heard that before. That's what we do. So I'm going to say a prayer today. I want to say a prayer today that God will give us, one, the strength to wake up in the morning and realize, okay, everything that I'm going to do today is going to flow from here. How is this today? And what do I need to do to guard, to protect? Anything, no matter the cost. No matter the cost, friends. Because it could cost you. A word could cost you your relationship. A word could cost you your marriage. A word could cost you your job. Come on protecting this above all else. Pray with me. Heavenly Father, how thankful we are today. Uh, You're such an amazing, good God. and 
uh, the ability and opportunity to come here and just be encouraged by your word and be uplifted is just, is just an amazing thing. We don't take it for granted, Lord, we don't. We're thankful for your word. We're thankful for the empowerment that you've given us, Lord. But again, I know and we understand that this is simple, but it's very demanding of us. <laughs> so we need you. We need you. We need you to intervene in our lives. We need you to, to renew our minds, to refresh it, to allow us to not conform to the world to allow us to not see to and allow our eyes and ears to be impacted by what we see around us. We need your help, Lord. We need, your, you need, we need you to give us courage. We need you to give us boldness. We need you to walk with us so that you could give us the wisdom to wake up in the morning and say, my heart is to be treasured. My heart is a gift from you, God, where everything that I do comes out of it, Lord. Give me the strength today. Give me the strength to be able to keep my heart clear and to protect it, Lord, so that everything that comes out of my mouth, that every action that I take, that everything that I do will be a reflection of you. Lord, and we know and understand that when we do this, well, then we'll see you because what do you say? Blessed are the pure in heart because those will see God. God, we want to see you. We want to see you working in our marriage. We want to see you working in our families. We want to see you working in our relationships. We want to see you working in our careers. We want to see you working within our families, our children. We want to see you working within this church. So help us, Lord. Do what we must to protect our heart. So we, are, we can come before you with pure hearts and see you, God. So I pray for my brothers and sisters, Lord, that they would, they would go out and encourage and power today, Lord, to do everything that they can, anything that they can to protect our heart, Lord, and that, that every action that they do would then be a reflection of you. We thank you, Lord. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Have a great Sunday, everybody. Be safe as you travel. <laughs>